Welcome everybody to Nation. My name is Jersey and today we are talking to the man, Mr. Kirk Kempton. But first and foremost, I want to put a couple things out there. So I am a sales uh, salesman for WCR, just so you know. So if you need any supplies or have any questions on anything, definitely call me, uh, email me, text me, whatever you want. It's 862-312-2026. So definitely do that. This is going to be available via podcast, so it will be on iTunes, Google Play, uh, also SoundCloud. It'll also be on Facebook and on YouTube. So if you are watching this for the first time, thanks for watching, man. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you go back and watch some of our previous episodes. That would be groovy. If you are a repeat viewer, thank you. It's because of you that I can continue to do the show, and hopefully you've learned at least one thing in all of these episodes. Hopefully one thing. I can't promise you any of that. So, But either way, watch, listen, and most importantly, comment. Please let me know if you are watching this via uh, YouTube. Um, definitely comment down below. Let me know where you're from, how long you've been in business. I would definitely love to hear it. So this week's uh, shout-outs are going to be uh, actually kind of uh, full. We kind of have a lot out this week. But uh, first and foremost, Staten Island Bill. What is up, Mr. Bailey? Just wanted to give you a quick shout-out. Uh, also, uh, Oliver Hansen, who is the show's number one fan. That's what I've heard. So what is up, man? Uh, Trad Man and Trad Girl, of course, we can't forget you. Uh, awesome, awesome channel themselves. And uh, Kurt, not this Kurt, but Kurt Zelder, uh, just because he's the man, too. So it just must be the name thing. So uh, what is up? If you want to shout out, please do let me know in any of the avenues. Or hashtag us with hashtag WCR Nation, and I will find it and read it. And if you're telling me good things, I will read it and smile. If you're telling me bad things, I'll pretend I didn't see it. So there you go. So like I said, we are hanging out with Kurt Kempton of Responsibid. Today, what is up, Kurt? Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? Good, good. Keeping up with uh, keeping up with all the crazy stuff that is the internet, and um, just just trying to keep keep going forward here. Nice. You look super busy. You got like stuff behind you going on in the whiteboard, and just like your uh, your brain is all out there. So I could just see how things work. It's it's crazy. Look at that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a nice, nice size whiteboard. We actually just did a little bit of um, architecture planning with the with the development team, and there's no, there is no way to describe how helpful it is to have three guys with markers on a whiteboard. <laughs> what do you do when it's on the whiteboard and it's there? Do you take pictures of it or? Yeah, okay, okay. Because yeah. I know when I, when I've done whiteboards, I've done the whole thing and just sat back and looked at it, been so proud of it, and then went. Oh man, now how am I going to share this with anybody else? So just take pictures of it. Lots of pictures and uh, and actually a lot of times that's exactly how it'll go. We'll, we'll get through one instance, we'll take a picture of it, then we'll run another scenario and take a picture of it. And at the end in our meetings, a lot of times we'll, we'll pull up the different pictures and talk about the pluses and minuses and stuff. So it ends up being just photography. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing better than like a real whiteboard either. I was like, you know, like all the apps and things, they, they suck. It's you got to have a real whiteboard. And that is that a painted on one or is that one of those? Yeah, you just paint a whole wall and just have at it. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's idea paint. And actually, for those of you who are thinking, man, I should do that. 
I would highly recommend you don't do that. Um, <laughs> if I could do it all over again, now that I know, and Idea Paint's great. It's it's got its pluses and its minuses. But the the best way I think to do it, if I was to do it all over again, is to I would just call my a local glass shop. And I think for the price of Idea Paint, I could have just framed in a piece of glass over a white wall. And glass, I think, would a be smoother and b I think it'd be more raceable and um, be really really functional. And I could take it with me when I leave, which if I ever leave this office, I, you know, it's this there. will be staying. <laughs> That'll be the, the kid's office or the kid's uh, playroom so they can draw on it or something for the next, the next family there. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, I mean, glass is, I think, cheaper than idea paint. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I guess I never priced it out. So we'll, uh, we'll be sticking to the, uh, the small ones from Sam's club for uh, $25. Got it. <laughs> there you go. Home Depot. Yeah. 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 So I, I talk about you a lot on the uh, podcast here in WCR Nation about just being an amazing like speaker, and I don't know if people really know kind of your background. I mean, they see you speak, and they all, I mean, every time you speak or do any of those shows or, or any classes, keynotes, anything, people just like, they drool and they learn so much, and it's, it's just awesome to watch. But kind of tell me a little bit about your background. Like, what, how did, did you get into the industry? Tell me about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> I I'm I hope people get stuff out of what I say, but I don't I don't know if it's quite as extreme as you make it sound. Um, so it all started when I was um, at college, and I thought that I was going to be starting a bike shop. I, I managed a bicycle store for about well the whole time I was in college, and that, that was five years. I was on a little bit of extended plan because I um, I had just got married and had two children while I was in college and I was working my way through it, trying to be debt free. So, um, this, these five years at the bike shop were awesome. I was moving forward with that and it was progressing and I just, you know, I was getting a business management degree. I thought I'd want to start my own bike shop, but I realized pretty early on that actually there's a book out there. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's called the millionaire mind. You familiar yeah. with that? I've heard of it. I have not read it though. Okay. There's actually two books. Stanley, uh, Thomas Stanley is the one who wrote that, um, it's basically, he went out and found a bunch of millionaires, and the first one's called The Millionaire Next Door, and he went and just found out that millionaires actually aren't what you think they are from celebrity status, and he wrote a second book, The Millionaire Mind, and those two books together really just describe that people who, who make a lot of money actually are really good at not getting into debt and, you know, interest sucking up a lot of what they do, and he talks a lot about people being willing to do jobs that nobody else wants to do. And so, of course, the first thing I thought was Windows, right? I don't do Windows. <laughs> so um, I really shocked my wife when I told her that I was going to not pursue the, the bike shop. Um, so I had the name Psychology Inc. And it's cute, right? C-Y-C-O-L-O-G-Y Inc. Yeah, yeah. So I already got that, that brand and I was already ready. I was just weeks away from starting my own bike store. And Psychology Inc. started doing business as Five Star Window Care. So <laughs> a window cleaning company, pressure washing company, um, really grew to love the work, but also realized that um, what I was really good at was systems. And so I started building systems and hiring employees and trying to cultivate a really cool company culture, which I think is probably the thing I'm most proud of is the company culture along with um, – basically our unique selling proposition. You know, when you're selling windows, it's kind of a commodity. I could hire you to come clean my windows or you to come clean my windows. What's the difference? Right. Price, right? 
And um, we did, I think, a pretty good job of helping people understand that that the people who were going to come into your home were going to give you a different kind of experience than any other home service provider you'd ever gotten. And so by going that, that route, uh, we saw a lot of success. I really enjoyed my time there. But then I got involved in what people now most know me for. I, I sold my company like three years ago and or four years ago now. <laughs> time flies. <laughs> and um, I started Responsibid which again, started as a pet project for Five Star Window Care, a way to give quotes just from your website and make proposals that your customers could get right away. And it evolved into a selling system and it started getting way bigger and I was really excited about what it was doing. And instead of chasing two rabbits, I just sold the window cleaning company and I focused 100% on our selling system that we provide for other service companies now. Wow, so what, did you like cleaning windows or are you just assistant? Like, do you like businesses more than you like the window side of things? Man, that is a question I get all the time. And I guess it kind of depends on the day. <laughs> we all know, we all know what burnout feels like, right? Oh, yeah. And you know, you get into the season and you're washing a lot of windows and you start to go, Oh my gosh, I don't want to clean windows. Or, or if I, if I have to yell over a pressure washer one more time, I think I'm just going to freak. Yeah. And, that, that I, I definitely did have times where I felt that way. But when you're in an office all day, you know, like I am now, and I'm, I really love the people that I work with, but there really is nothing that, you know, putting an earbud into your ear, listening to audio books, and just kind of mindlessly zipping through windows and having that, that experience of going up to a dirty window or a dirty, you know, building and you pressure wash it off and just have that, that clean appearing before your eyes. There really is no substitute for that. And so I guess... That was a long way of saying, I love what I do, but if I could clean windows like one or two days a week just to like kind of have that experience still, those were good days. Those were really, really good days. And you're in Arizona, so that's amazing to me that you would want to go out in the the, the, the heat that you have and uh, <laughs> do that. Well, we have, we have summer for, for about six months. Give or take another four months on top of that, right? Uh, right. Our, our fall and our spring and our our uh, winter they all kind of meld into just like paradise. There, it's really nice. Now, I just got back from New Orleans at the huge convention, <laughs> and I, I I before I went, pulled up my phone. I'm like, uh, what's the weather like? I'm looking at the weather. Oh, cool! It's never gonna get above 90. Jeez, that's so nice. <laughs> I proceeded to have like sprinklers shooting out of my armpits <laughs> for the entire time I was there. I I could not believe the difference that you and I knew humidity made a difference. I knew that, but oh my, it's word. a difference. It I is felt a like difference. air was coming to to choke me. Like like yeah. when people talk about a heat index, that's like trying to apply a heat index to like. Uh, someone killing you with a knife. Like that's not a heat <laughs> index. That's like a, a murder index. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, they say the dry heat. Like I would rather do 107 in the desert than you know even 90 in like back of Wisconsin, super humid. Ugh, it, humidity yeah. is gross. Humidity is gross. So so, but not to get off topic, but you are now focusing 100% into responsibility. And um, I started talking about that I think last week that you were kind enough to give the WCR Nation kind of its own code for getting people that want to sign up, saving them some money, but without getting infomercially, I love Responsibit. I love Responsibit. It, it, I mean, from the beginning, I've used it for, I don't even know, years and years and years, 
but just the concept of having the tire kick. I mean, I get people three in the morning will book with that because they're looking at it. I always say to people, it's like gum in the uh, checkout aisle, right? Like you're there. Nobody goes to the grocery store to buy gum, but if you're there, it's there. You know, I have more people book that way because they're checking prices. No one else has prices. If they do, it's just generalized mumbo jumbo that nobody cares about. They see an actual price and book it right then and there. I mean, I I know you hear the stories all the time, but I've literally had it. I, you could check the times when all this stuff comes in, and it's three something in the morning. People are, I don't know what they're doing or why they're looking at window cleaning, but it, it's just so amazing to kind of have that option. And I know it does a billion things, but that feature of it just to to have it there. Plus, it rakes information, which people don't quite understand. I mean, a lot of people do, but if you if you don't focus in that information rake to build up that kind of database of potential clients, if somebody has put in their information to see what the window cost would be, they're interested in getting their windows done. That is a qualified lead, regardless if they book or not. So that that right there is just super, super important. But, but with that program, how did you kind of, I know you started it for your company at the time, but what did you want it to, what was like your overall vision for it? What did you... What did you see it doing and compared to what it does now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do my very best to not go too crazy here. <laughs> this a is lot a passion of, of yours, yeah. It, well, it's a huge passion. I've learned, I've been studying a lot about the psychology of buying and specifically buying services and even productizing your service because people buy products. Buying services sucks. It's hard. You have to get you know long drawn out quotes and all sorts of other stuff. And so... I'm going to do my best to kind of explain some of the background of it and then kind of some of the stuff that's evolved. Um, the first thing is that the reason you're talking about these quotes coming in late at night or early, early in the morning is because you're a guy and you don't really understand this. And I didn't either. But I, uh, the psychology of the way a man thinks versus a woman thinking is, is so different. You'll probably notice that more than 90% of the bids that come in overnight are going to be a woman. And the reason that that is, there's a great video called The Tale of Two Minds or Tale of Two Brains, um, uh, Grunger, Grunger, Mark Grunger. It's a funny video. It's it's actually a a seminar he's giving about men and women um, and why husbands and wives are always angry at each other. But (laughs) the thing that he he explains is that men are very compartmentalized, that they think in terms of uh, boxes. Like if you had a warehouse, if your brain was a warehouse, you would go and pull a box off of the shelf pull it up, look inside, talk about what's inside. You'll shut the box, carefully put it back, and get out another subject and talk about that. And that's how guys work. And it works really well for us because, you know, we can compartmentalize how we are. And when we're laying in bed, we can close all of our boxes, put all of our boxes away, and just go to sleep. But uh, women are not that way at all. And that was actually a really important thing just from my marriage's standpoint was understanding that my wife's brain, if it was, a, you know, to be compared to something, it would be more like a ball of wire. It's just one <laughs> continuous wire that, that rolls all over the place. And so that's why when your wife comes up to you and says, hey, the car's broken down, or hey, I need to go get groceries, um, that car is connected to picking up the kids from school, which is p- connected to a PTA meeting, which is connected <laughs> to an activity lady that you, she can't stand, which is connected. So that's why she'll say to you something like, hey, the car's broken down, and I just cannot stand that lady at the PTA. What? What? Where? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? And so when a woman is laying in bed, it's very, very common for her to lay there and be thinking, you know, pin, pinball bouncing all over her brain, and uh, and it hits like mother-in-law's coming into town this weekend, or or I've got 
family coming into town, or, or, or I've got a party this weekend, or just something that matters that she needs a service done in her house, and she can't sleep now. Now she is totally dead to being able to sleep. So that's when she gets up, gets her smartphone out, goes in, in front of the computer, and they start searching. And when she finds the holy grail, the fact that she can A, find out how much it costs, and B, even like figure out if she can schedule herself potentially, at least know that, that she's gotten that off, checked that part off of her list, she can sleep. So in some ways, um, anyway, I, I'm pointing that out because the background story here is, is that my wife and I kind of came to this understanding where she can't talk to me while I'm deep in thought. She puts her hand on me and we need to talk. Whereas for her, she, she can understand why I can't multitask. But for her, she'd much rather I tell her everything about my day, even though she's in the middle of other things. So as we were evolving in the company, I built this bidding software for Five Star Window Care, and we were using it just for a couple weeks before Thanksgiving holiday. And I think my business was maybe only a year or two old at the time. And we were in the kitchen. We were putting together a, a turkey. I mean, she was teaching me how to stuff the turkey and do all that stuff. And I don't, <laughs> do you remember the old Blackberry Storm? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was the smartphone, right? Like, <laughs> so I had it on vibrate. And I just remember it was buzzing on the counter, like kind of like crazy. And I remember thinking, it's early on Thanksgiving morning. Why the heck is my phone buzzing? But anyway, my, I was up to my elbows in turkey. So we were doing our thing. And we get done with the turkey. And I wash my hands and I go to my phone and I see that, that three people had filled out an instant quote on my website. And this is just a hard-coded PHP script that a buddy of mine had written. And I already had Infusionsoft tied into it, which if you're not familiar with Infusionsoft, that is like an automated follow-up process. So I'm standing, I'm like, Rachel, on Thanksgiving morning, I gave three quotes. I booked two of them immediately. Like, like they immediately said they wanted to book, which in those days I had to call them and you know, you can't just let someone just put themselves on your calendar, right? And yeah. that would be a bad idea. So anyway, I uh, I can't believe this happened. Rachel's like, you've got to do this for more people. And that was really when I started thinking, this is this is huge. I gave the customers what they wanted. Obviously, on Thanksgiving morning, they knew no one was going to answer their phones. And I, I booked jobs, and they were booking for higher prices. And I started learning more about the psychology of how to just systematize the sale. And then the the biggest problem we ever had was when I when I launched, I launched as a website bidding tool. And so for years we've been trying to dispel the myth that responsive bid is is just a website bidding tool. It's it's a sales system now. We well and it's because we've evolved, but people think they know what we are, and in fact we've changed so much that our I would say that even right now, twenty percent of responsive bid users don't even install it on their website because it empowers the person on the phone, it empowers the tech out in the field now. To just put stuff in, you know, a tech can't use a calculator. I I don't think I ever in all my years of having a tech, and I have some smart guys that could just can't do math. Even with a calculator, they couldn't do math. Yeah, I always would lose the money on that. So basically, it's a way to take a guy who knows how to do work out in the field and make him a great salesperson. Not because he's actually selling, but he puts everything in. He hits submit, puts his phone back in his pocket, goes back to work. You know, the neighbor calls him over and asks for a quote. Gives the quote, goes back to work. And you're closing jobs because of all the follow-up. You're closing jobs because of the powerful proposals. And then, obviously, the whole new crew cow stuff with scheduling, it just opens up a whole new world to a, a sales system that works. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 re, the, the respo- auto-response to emails is, is amazing to me. Like, of all the th- – here's the thing. 
the longer you're in business, the more hats you start wearing, right? And then you start hiring people to fill up some of the hats that are the biggest on your head. Well, there's so many pieces that if we had all the money, I always say money fairy, right? If we had all the money we could possibly have, we'd get everybody to fill all those hats, but that's not the way. That's why we're the business owners. That's why we make the big bucks, right? But that's one of the ways, like, it just does it for you. So setting that up or having your crew put in the bids and having the automated emails just remind people. I've had people call. I think uh, I have it set to three. I think there's three, you know, in, in it'll be a month later that somebody will call and be like, oh, hey, thanks a lot for following up. I mean, they respond to the emails. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot. You know, there's so many other things. So having that is just it's just epic as far as software goes in our industry there's just there's nothing like it nothing like it that works to that magnitude of just i mean i know you and i've met you and we've hung out and i just can't believe that a piece of software like that not to to be all weird you know but that somebody i know made this i mean this is like stupid professionally just amazing so anyway sorry to toot your to your heart a little bit but oh no no please tell me more (laughs) keep going keep going no no no. i I just wanted to add though that the the follow-up um obviously it can be email or text message and we already we handle that right we're responsible to me now integrate with sin jim which i know you're familiar with josh latimer and and sin jim so now postcards and voicemails can be included directly into your responsive follow-up and i'll tell you what I'll tell you what, I was at the show and I had three different people on three separate occasions come up to me and say that the declined follow-up sequence is the magic sequence. So when someone turns you down, it may be because of price, it may be because of whatever, and hopefully all your other follow-up, it just you get used to that awesomeness of people coming in and doing work with you that you're following up with. But it's those people who say no, and you reach out to them six months. Now with, with Syngym, I'm sure that most of it will probably end up being partially postcards, but the, a text message, six months, strategically set to go to someone who declined your job that says, you know, hey, I was just thinking it's been about six months since uh, we gave you a quote, and I just wanted to, I, I know you went with somebody else, I just want to make sure that you're happy with that, and if there's anything I could do, please just let me know. Yeah. That sequence, people, and, and, and I say sequence, it doesn't have to be more than one or even two at the most um, emails and or text messages or a postcard or a voicemail or whatever. But that right there, people are saying it's money. It's money. Like all these people that fell off the table, like a crumb that fell off the table, came back up onto the table and transformed into a plate of food. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that is that was really cool to hear. I, I think too. I always say this kind of to route work, and it's a little bit different, but on the same thing is that uh, follow ups. When you're selling jobs, like route work jobs, you're gonna sell eighty percent of your work in follow ups because. People are so used to being bombarded. Hey, you want us to do your windows? Hey, you want us to do your... And then, no, 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 right? People put up their wall. No, no, I'm not... And they say that as a defense, like, whoa, you're, you're in my face. It's the same thing. If they say no to you, right? They're like, ah, nah, nah. Well, if you follow up to them, all of a sudden, you're in a whole other category. You're not just a bucket bob that's trying to make, you know, I always say crack money, you know, for the, the route stuff that, oh, it's $5, I'm paying four right now, right? It's the same kind of concept where all of a sudden, you're like a legit company, like, like you said, people are just blown away that this is happening. It sets you in a whole nother realm of companies. And I, I think it does an amazing, amazing job with that. But you had said something about CrewCal too. Not to touch on that too much, but explain CrewCal. So so think of it this way. Responsibid is your selling system. It, it falls up with the customers. It gives quotes and it does all the, the math and all that. And then you've got your CRM. That's your customer factor, jobber, 
Service Monster, you know, whatever you're using for your scheduling, work orders, invoices, and all that. That's your operation software. So they, you know, customers first get sold, then you operate on them. Well, there's kind of this this really weird point during transition, and that is, yes, I've been following up with them. Yes, I've been working with them, and now they want the job. But now I've got to get them into my calendar. I've got to get a work order created. What CrewCal is, is it's, um, it's actually a guy that I worked with. Uh, I think he could be classified as a genius, but he wasn't using his powers for good. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you think that means. Yeah. And I talked to him, and I said, dude, what are you doing? Dude, you're going to spend the rest of your life just, you know. <laughs> you know let's, let's talk about your future. And um, I explained to him, I prioritized to him. He'd already, he was already familiar with what my product responsibility was. But I said, I said, here is, this is the, if you ever want to get a hacker to do something for you, th- these are the words you say. Take note. <laughs> I know it's probably not even possible. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to make it so that the same things that go through the mind of, an, of a person on the phone scheduling a job, I need to convert that so that happens all in the background while a customer is scheduling themselves from a proposal. And he's like, why do you say that can't be done? And I said, well, because there's a lot of things to consider. you got to consider drive time, what crews are able to do what, how fast each crew member can work, um, what hours of the day they work. Some crew members are, you know, maybe they're college students and they only work some of the days of the week. It's, there's just so much, infinite things that have to be considered. And um, now he had been dabbling in AI, um, artificial intelligence. So I knew, I knew what was happening. This is when you're reeling it in. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if I'll find anybody that'd even be that smart to do that. Right. You got it, you got it. So, so he says, he says, I could do that. And I said, well, I'm sure you probably could, but it's, it's an enormous project. Well, anyway, as things played out, he, he said, I'll tell you what, um, hire me. I said, well, I don't... I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if I want you working for me at this point. I'm not sure. You know. So anyway, he he takes on. He he cre- he shows me. He's serious. He goes and creates a company called Code Closet, and um, he starts working. And he said, "I'll tell you what. If you'll teach me the things that I need to know, uh, I will produce something that's capable of looking at a calendar." And applying all that logic to it and kicking out the best opportunity dates. Um, now, obviously, it's not going to be able to work just with response, but I'm going to have to sell it to a lot of people. But I will give it to your customers for half, half off if you'll, if you'll help me to architect this. I said, all right, great. <laughs> hey, cool. You know, <laughs> I'm all in. What do I have to lose? Yeah. But, um, so I go in and I start teaching him. And, and it is. It's harder than he thought it was going to be. And it, and it took a long time for him to build it. But... Anyway, um, he literally went into a closet um, and started building out all this code. He doesn't like sunlight at all. It's crazy. These guys <laughs> different characters. Anyway, he builds it, and um, I, I, I remember the, the first time he showed me the demo where it actually worked, and I remember being, like, freaking out. Like, I was like, no! no! Like, I'm, I am just going berserk. I can't believe this has happened, and I said, well we got to launch this. we got to show this to people. So he still had a few more things to do, and uh, I put together a webinar for responsible users, and essentially here's what happens. CrewCal will go into whatever calendar you're using, whether it's in your CRM or if it's like a Google Calendar. It'll go in and it'll read where you're going to be 
and where each per like it'll know which calendar represents which people. It'll know where and when and how long you're going to be there. Then it looks at whoever it's trying to schedule and it says who's capable of doing this work. Where can I schedule that? How long will it take those people? Will it fit? And then it has built in drive time. And then it takes all your preferences as far as how long you want to drive and where you're willing to drive and how, you know, if it's the first job of the day, what are your rules? It, it, it just kind of interviews you and in what you want to do. And then basically it takes all that information and says, that is the best time. That is where you should schedule. Or here are three really great options. You know, and, and it'll, it'll just let the customer pick from the availabilities. They don't really realize what's happening. They just say, on this date at this time, is that good for you? Boom, and then it, and then you can actually uh, get a deposit from the customer uh, using PayPal. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. So you could actually go to sleep, wake up in the morning, and not only have given a quote, but scheduled somebody for work to be done, and intelligently schedule them, and have deposit already in your account, and then go do the job and finish billing them after the job. It's a little, literally what you've kind of built as an employee, like a robot-like employee. Like you say AI, like artificial intelligence. That's what that is. That's it. Well, I told you this guy's background is AI. So that's the thing. People will say to me, "Oh my gosh, 170 bucks a month," and you know, and and it is. I, I get it. That is a lot of money. I mean, it's it's a whole job, you know, depending on how big a job is, right? But Average ticket price for a responsive customer is $285 right now. So it's almost an entire responsive job. But at the same time, I, I just have to tell those people, you know, I get it. I totally get where you're coming from. And I, I'm a cheapskate by nature. But I promise you that if you hired someone to come in the office, and assuming they never called in sick, assuming they had no family drama, assuming that they were actually good and always did their job, I can still promise you that they would not be anywhere near one Sunday night a month. And so um, th th we have, we're the only software I know of with an ROI guarantee, and that's why, is because we know if you're not at least doubling your money, you're either A, not using the software, or B, you're not using it right, we need to train you, or C, our software sucks, and you shouldn't have to pay for it. So that's, yeah. that's how we do it. Yeah, and I, I saw somebody, I tried to post on uh, one of the groups that had asked about the training. Like, you... There's an option so that you guys will be able to basically load everything, walk them. So you don't just get this piece of software and go, all right, figure it out, have fun. Yeah. But you can actually go with you guys and just you'll do you'll do it all, the whole whole process. Well, <laughs> uh, yes, but let me be to careful a point. <laughs> because someone the other day signed up for the total training package, which is basically the only package we sell anymore. He he bought the total training package and he goes. I need you to get my services loaded up, all my follow-up built, and I need you to put my prices in so that I can get to work. And we're like, yeah, will you schedule that? I don't have time to schedule time to do that with you guys. I was like, oh. So so Dave, our, our trainer, Dave comes to me, he's like, what do I do in a situation where he wants me to put in pricing for him and build all his follow-up? I'm like, well, you, you uh, still, even though it picks information from each business owner's brain, you still have to have the brain there to pull it out of in the first yeah. place. So we, so we do one-on-one -on -one, uh, pro training sessions when you sign up um, with the total training package. Basically, we'll sit there and ask you, what do you charge for this? What do you charge for that? Okay, boom. I'll put it in with you. I'll put it in for you. Um, okay, when someone gets a bid, what do you want me to tell them? How do you want to phrase this email or text message or which postcard would you want to send? Or, and we have to, you know, 
yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible, but at the same time, it, it is your business and it is your right. prices and it is your your tone of voice. You know? Yeah, yeah, how you would say things. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. For anybody who's listening still, this is not meant to be kind of a, that infomercial, you know, try response a bit and you'll love it. But literally, this is my it's favorite true. program. I know, I know, it is. This is my favorite program. This really, really is. And I'm going to read it real quick, but if you do want to give it a shot, you save 30 bucks a month at uh, try.responsi, that's R-E-S-P-O-N-S-I dot bid, B-I-D, forward slash Josh Cronin. Try it out. It's amazing. You're really going to dig it. Uh, go on the website, you know, check, check it out or post in a forum, post in a Facebook group, post anywhere and ask people who use it. You, there's, uh, I mean... There's so many people are using this program that it, it it's amazing. So that that's me toting it, and uh, I apologize to uh, come off like I'm kissing your butt. But uh, <laughs> it, it is really amazing, and I love talking to you. And if anybody's seen you at any of the shows, I mean, we had people walking up the last time at the huge convention that loved you talking. And I always say, like, you're one of my favorite people to listen to talk. I could just... I have ADD extremely bad, and I could still just... Everything shuts down and just listen to you. I don't know what it is, but... Well, I appreciate you saying that. The convention was awesome because the people that were there, I, I've been to a lot of conventions, okay? I, I, I go to industry events all the time. And I am just blown away, the people at the huge convention, how business-minded they are. You know, it's very common to go to a convention and see people, you know, fighting over which soap is the best or which rubber, you know, holds the edge the longest or, you know, you know. 10 gallons per minute is all well and good, but if your PSI isn't, you know, lots of like tech talk like that. But um, I went up there and I, and when I spoke on this time, I was really talking about kind of the failure mentality versus the success mentality and, and the differences you find in people. Someone who's going to see a problem, own it, solve it, and do it, as opposed to somebody who's going to lay in wait, be confused, point their finger at other people, blame other people for things. Uh, you know, ignore and deny problems, all the, all the things that you've seen with, with people who are victims in life. I was shocked that the whole time I was there, I, I cannot think of a single person who had what I would call the failure mentality. It, it was, everybody was really focused on success, taking ownership and moving forward. I was, it's I was a different really caliber of people, a different, different really. caliber of contractors for sure. Yeah. And, and that's just it. You said the word contractor. You know, with contractors, I don't think that that is, I think it's not necessarily the rule. Um, it, it's more like the, the exception to the rule. And But but that was not the case at that convention. I It could have just as easily been a bunch of, you know, professional, you know, doctors or dentists or, you know, I'm using medical people, but architects. It, it was like people who were really focused intelligently on growing their business. and. Yeah. That was that was a total blast. Aside from the armpits sweating the whole time, that was really refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I I, uh, I am glad that you enjoyed the humidity for once. Now you're back in Arizona, enjoying no humidity for the next, you know, what Atlanta next year if you're going is gonna be in Atlanta. There'll be humidity again. So, hey, it's start, good for the skin. I, I come back and my wife my wife can't keep her hands off me. Oh, there you go. There you go. See, so there might be more conventions anyway. We might have to. <laughs> Set up more. But anyway, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, giving me some time. And uh, thank you for listening or watching. 
Remember, like I said, I am a salesman for Window Cleaning Resource, so call me if there's any questions, or shoot me a text and just say, what's up, man, watch the podcast, and I love it. I get that stuff all the time. Hopefully, I can give you a shout-out on that. Uh, it's 862-312-2026. Uh, call me, text me, email me, or jump on live chat at uh, uh, Shop Window Cleaning Resource anytime Monday through, I'm sorry, Sunday through Thursday, uh, 9, uh, 5 to 11. Jump on there. Say what's up. Uh, troll me a little bit. You'll uh, enjoy it. But like I said, thanks again. Thanks to our special guest, Curtis Kempton and his awesome software. Definitely give it a shot. And uh, thanks, man. Thanks for hanging out. I hope you showed up to work the right time because it doesn't sound like you know when you work. <laughs> well, you know, it's all relative, really. It's what, 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 what time zone am I really in? You know? <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, guys, have a great week. We'll see you next week, and make sure to be epic.